You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is uh, this is your opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. This is your chance. This is your this is your moment. This is it. This is all you get in life. So you either take the bull by the horns and you you just do it, or you sit there and you watch the world go go past you, and then you die a horrible death, probably. So call in six zero eight five zero one zero seven one eight. We still have some. Tom Austin, JJ, uh, battle for the, the race that we don't need to talk about. Um, and then some other stuff. So that's what we're going to do. We will kick it off with, uh, Mr. Thomas Austin, make sure everything's set up and it's not because I can never do my job properly. Bing, bang, boom. Here we go. Tommy boy. What's going on? I, I'm just kind of padding out time for you now since you're a little light on calls. Great. But I'll come up with three quick questions yes. off the dome. I miss Tom's three questions so much. I might be the only one, but I just, that's all I want. I want to come on here and see Tom Austin and then play it. And he says, I've got three questions for you. And then my, my life is complete. Uh, question number one. Yeah. Uh, if you and a monster serial killer, unknown demonic force or whatever from any Halloween type movie, uh-huh. Any horror movie. Yeah. You and them go out to like a, a nice, you know, evening lunch together. Who are you taking? <sighs> Who would you uh, have a nice little sit down interview with? Okay. Well, I don't want to do an interview. I'd, I'd rather do, I think I'd rather do lunch. Would I rather do an interview? Lunch is at least a public place because I'm assuming he's going to try to kill me at some point. I don't want him alone in my basement to do, like, an interview. That sounds like a bad idea. Um, serial killer, demonic... I don't want a serial killer because that's too real. You know what I mean? Like, you killed real people. That's messed up, dude. So I know you were pretty much just leaving it wide open, but I, I want to review... I like to be very precise. I want to review the qualifications here. Monster, serial killer, unknown dynamic, uh, demonic force or whatever from a Halloween-type movie or any horror movie. Okay, so a horror movie guy. I was a big fan of It growing up. And I'll be honest, there's... When I was younger, it was a scary movie. As I got older and scary movies weren't quite as scary, I kind of just enjoyed the movie, and I borderline enjoyed the character. I know he killed kids, and that's messed up, and it's stupid, but like he had a sense of humor, you know? He was a funny dude. He was making jokes. Uh, you know, Leatherface, first of all, I, I would be worried about what we'd be eating, right? If he invites me over for lunch, no chance, zero. But even if we go out to a restaurant, I mean, his family owned like a butcher shop. I wouldn't, I just wouldn't trust it. And he's weird. He doesn't talk. So there's no conversation. He probably smells like dead bodies. I'm not into it. Granted, it lives in a sewer, but his clothes always look clean. He's got the clean white suit. He's fine. Probably doesn't stink. Um, who else is there? Freddy Krueger, it would just be awkward watching him try to eat food with his uh, Edward Scissorhands things that he's got going on. Does Edward Scissorhands count? I like that movie, although that dude's no fun to hang out with either. 
What else have we got? Jason doesn't talk. Mike Myers doesn't talk. None of these guys talk. It's got to be it. It's got to be Pennywise the Clown, right? 100%. I think that's it. Nailed it. Passed the test. What's next? Question number two is, at this point in the season, mm-hmm. if you could snatch Careful. a player from any other team on offense and defense. Okay, and defense. You know, you're like, oh, hey, I'll take... I don't know, Harrison Smith from the Vikings, and then I'll take Christian Kirk from the Jaguars? Huh, okay. Adam to the Packers, who are you doing? So, defense, I know we already have Kenny, but it's probably Aaron Donald. Um, it's one of those things where you just, just don't overthink it. You know, like, what do we really need? Well, we could really use this or that. Dude, it's Aaron Donald. He's He's the greatest defensive player of our generation. Um, they'll be talking about him forever as one of the greatest, if not the greatest defensive football players of all time. Aaron Donald's the right answer. Put him next to Kenny changes everything forever. Offensively. Who do I want? Oh boy. Um, that's tough. I, I'm not a fan of the offensive line, but I would really hate to have the entire NFL to pick from and go grab a guard. You know what I mean? That would kind of suck. Um, you could go get like an elite tackle and then put Elton in at, at guard and you're kind of solving a couple problems there. Maybe. Um, t- ugh, I'm not even going to touch quarterback. Can't do running back. So it would have to be a wide receiver. <laughs> Dare I say Devontae Adams? <laughs> That's probably the answer, to be honest. Um, I mean, we're not talking salary cap implications or anything, right? We're just saying you just get them for free. It's Aaron Donald, Devontae Adams. Boom, nailed it. Question number three. Got a little burst of energy right there. Uh, I appreciate that. What was the best Christmas gift that you have ever given to someone? And it doesn't matter how their response to the gift was. What, what you purchased it or made it or whatever you gave it to a person, you're like, that's the best thing I ever did. All right. Best gift I've ever given anyone ever. Um, I gave my aunt a picture of Eddie Vedder once. Probably changed her life. I don't know. Something to think. Of. There's a lesson there somewhere. All right, all right. I got one more at football this time. I promise. Let's do this. So Kylan Hill is activated off top, right? Yep. Do you think he's going to get involved in the offense? No. Because you know. They have already given Christian Watson the end around job, so yep. they can't really give that to Kylan Hill. Right. Maybe they could have him play wide receiver or right tackle. No, no. I'm trying to think of a position. Probably not. We need some guys. So much. Um, maybe he could call the defense. <laughs> Let me know what you're thinking. I'm not sure that I want him doing returns, but if he fumbles less frequently than Amari does. Maybe we got something there. Honestly, I think I think he's going to be our kick returner. I think that's what it is. They they tried to replace Amari with Christian Watson. I'm guessing they didn't really love what they saw. Plus, Christian's already hurt. Um, I think that had probably. Well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say it had more to do with taking it away from Amari. I don't think that's true. I think I think they just really are enamored with Christian and are just dying to find some some way to use that that ability that he has, and they're struggling to find a way to to use it effectively. Um, I think he'll be the kick returner, though. They liked him as the kick returner last year. They'll probably like him as the kick returner this year. I, I get a vibe, not from you, but that Packer fans are, like, excited about this, like it's a big thing. And I think it's either he takes the kick return job or he does nothing. The idea that he's going to be taking a prominent role on the offense as a running back on a team that doesn't even feature Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon um, I think you're kind of dreaming, and even if he does play, why would you care about that? <laughs> why would that be interesting to you? I don't understand. All right, Tom, your turn, buddy boy, your turn. Hello. Hello. Hey. Tom Hey, Thomas. Uh, if you didn't get my last four calls, I got him. We got him. Throw on a fifth one for the fun of it. Yeah, there's a sixth one, too. Uh, my question for you right now is, who has been your standout player? And you can break it down, offense, defense, special teams, if you want to. Give one to each individual who 
shines in your eyes. All right. Know. All right. A little glimmer. And uh, maybe also talk. Let's, uh, where are you going? I'll, I'll, I'll assume that's a new question. Um. All right. We'll do offense, defense, special teams. Special teams is easy. It's Pat O'Donnell. I didn't really expect much out of Pat O'Donnell. He was fine. He was the most, like, boring punter in the world, and I was okay with that. Like, I, I didn't even... He's been the Bears punter forever. I didn't even know who he was. No idea. Never really heard his name. He, he's very underwhelming. Not an elite punter. Not great leg or anything like that. He's been phenomenal for us. I think he had one kind of shank, but... Um, yeah, he's, he's been a stud. I, um, there's all I mean, there's several guys you could point out on special teams, but I'll go Pat O'Donnell on, uh, offense. Somebody, what was, again, got to be specific here. Uh, standout player, standout. Well, that could mean a couple things. It's not Rogers. It's probably Dobbs. Uh, maybe Randall, but I don't think so. I think we just underestimated him last year. He was decent last year, and I don't think we gave him a ton of credit. He didn't get a ton of opportunities, but when he did, he was pretty solid. Graded out phenomenally, kind of like this year. Um, Lazard, no. Watson, no. I'm going to go, actually, you know, I'm going to go Aaron Jones. I went on a whole tirade about how he's maybe the best running back in football right now, so I I, I would be weird not to pick Aaron Jones. I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. It just sucks that we're not utilizing him, but then again, I like Dobbs, and we're not really using him a ton. I like Watson. We're not using him at all. Um, I like Dylan. He's not being used. We're only using the guys that I think are very mediocre, specifically Lazard. <laughs> Sorry, Lazard. You're great. Uh, defense, Kenny. Kenny's the guy. Um, you guys have been listening for a while. No, I've been very hard on Kenny Clark. The stats just aren't there, regardless of what the film guys say. Pressures suck. The sacks suck. He hasn't, since Mike Daniels left, he just has not done anything. Um, I know he's good at a lot of stuff. I know he's fundamentally sound. I know he has a ton of ability. It just has not really been what we needed to be. Obviously, I mean, it's hard to defend Kenny when the only thing the guy does is run defense and pass rush. We have a terrible run defense, and he doesn't get to the quarterback at all. You could say, well, he's double teamed and it's the other guy's fault and run defense. Maybe. I don't know. I just know that he's not doing anything. And by the way, now we've kind of proved that that's not the case because this year the numbers are there. The stats are there. The grades are there. He's dominant. So that would be my dude. I do want to give a special tip of the cap to TJ Slayton, though. I have not hyped him enough. Not overall, just last week. Everything I ever wanted Slayton to be, he was last week. He wasn't anything that anybody else wanted. Everybody else wants him to be a dominant pass rusher. He was a stud run defender last week. It was stupid how good that guy was. I don't know what his grade is. I'm not even going to look it up because if if PFF says anything below like a 70, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Stud should be in the 90s, but I know it's not or I would have noticed that. Now I want to look it up, but I'm going to refrain. Anyways, continue. Talk about someone who's disappointed you. You could say someone like Savage, however, you're not always high on him to begin with. So, right. And, you know, Razul Douglas and Campbell. It's none of them. You called out that more than likely they'll see a big dip in their performance this year. So, has there anybody disappointed you? Offense, defense, and or special teams. This has been Thomas Austin. Bye. Thank you. Um, yes. Defense right now is Quay Walker. I know, I mean, it, it's, it, and I'm not giving up on the guy. I'm just stating the reality as it is today. Everybody's real down on Savage. They're down on Devondre. They're down on Preston. Um, for me, it's Quay. I, and, and, you know, if you look at PFF, I, I've, I haven't watched every single All-22, but he graded out real well the first two weeks. He's been in the 20s and 30s the last three weeks in a row. He's trending toward being one of the worst linebackers in football. And when I'm watching the game, again, the Giants were deliberately running at him every chance they got. They moved him to the other side of the line. He ran that direction. He, he they, they ran at him. They threw at him. He was missing assignments. He was just useless in the run game. I mean, he didn't do anything. He never did anything. As a pass rusher, he doesn't get to the quarterback um, ever. I think he had one pressure. So that would be the biggest disappointment considering how excited we were. You know, he's getting the starting role day one. They love him. 
He's he's you know he's making the calls. He's obviously very intelligent. He's got all this stuff. He's you look at the physicality, the stuff he did in preseason, and um, after like I said, the first couple of weeks, I don't know what's going on. And it's it's you know again, this is probably more of a Joe Barry issue and a coaching issue as far as because none of these guys are ready. Nobody's ready to play. Nobody knows what they're doing. It's not just him. The DBs don't know what they're doing. But as far as the one guy that's like the biggest in your face, like, come on, dude, it's Quay. Offensively is probably Royce. That guy gets pushed around. Well, it could be Elton Jenkins, to be honest, although he graded out really well this past week, so I'm going to give him a reprieve. Very possible that he has turned the corner after a couple weeks. Uh, Royce, he was not great last year. He's not good this year. The constant pressure, especially from the right side with Elton and Royce there the last few weeks, you know, the amount of times I've seen guys open, but Rodgers has got somebody in his face, and whether or not he had time to deliver it, I don't know, but let's just stop trying to decide, you know what I mean? We shouldn't have to sit there and go, I wonder if he had time. Just give him time. If he has time, you can find the guy open, he can throw it to him. I mean, I really think that is like 75% of our problem right now, because guys are getting open. Rodgers isn't getting there in his progression, or he's too scared to throw it because somebody's getting beat and he's got a bail. If you guys just block and give him time to stand there, he's going to find somebody. So Quay, Royce, and then special teams? I can't think. I mean, you know, Amari, I guess. I hate to continue piling on him. I, I'm not as down on Amari as everybody else is. I think it's just one of those things where everybody already despises the guy, so anytime you see him do something, it's like, oh, you idiot. But if Jair misses a tackle, it's like, oh, come on, bud. You're better than that. You can do it. Yeah, yeah you'll be all right. That's, you know... Just very different situation, but it has to be Amari, I would think. I can't think of anybody else that, I mean, somebody probably sucks. I just don't know. I haven't really seen it or watched it, but long snapper seems fine. Kicker's fine. Punter's fine. Um, and that's that kind of just leaves a returner. Uh, back to JJ. Hey, do you uh, want to hang out? I'm bored. <laughs> he thought he was calling someone else. Uh, yeah, sure. If you want to drive to Wisconsin, we can, uh, I mean, you, you probably don't want to hang out here. I will be, um, playing, doing podcasts and probably doing a video for Substack and then playing a lot of Starcraft. Cause I just discovered that Starcraft two is a thing and I've been kind of obsessed for a very long time. I've been sitting here playing Starcraft brood war forever and Somebody shows me a video of some guy that's like, you know, really good at it. And I'm like, that's not StarCraft. What is that? That's like StarCraft with awesome freaking graphics. And then I vaguely remember way back in the day when they were making a StarCraft 2 and I thought it kind of sucked or something. Something was weird. I don't know. But I didn't really think about it. And then I went online and looked it up and they're like, oh, you want to play it for free? And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? So that's what I've been doing. I've been binging that. So if you want to come hang out and play StarCraft, you can come play StarCraft with me. Bring a laptop. You can saddle up next to me at the desk, and we'll we'll nerd out. Get some curd burgers, dude. Curd burgers are back. My wife's gonna go get them today. I'm super excited about it. Limited time only. Don't miss it. Had it the one. They did it once before for just one day, and we went out and got them, and they were they were worth they were worth everything, everything in the world. It's a cheeseburger with a giant curd patty, and by giant, I mean it's like. Double cheeseburger or, you know, thickness. Uh, JJ's real comment question concern is here. All right, I thought of something else. All right, so, let's do this. You know that I don't like Zach Wilson. I know I, that I very much. He's a good quarterback. Right. And uh, we're going to go up and play against him. And was... Ooh, this is a big week for you, JJ. Because if we lose to Zach Wilson, you're going to watch JJ go in an absolute... Like, that That stings real. But that, that would be like if we lose and Justin Fields looks like a star. You know what I mean? Like, if Justin Fields outperforms Aaron Rodgers, I am going to be a miserable human being because I am not going to take that very well. So, yeah, this is, this is a big one. I'm trying to decide how I felt about this because you know this game is going to be slightly annoying in a couple ways. For example, you know that the announcers and a bunch of fans are going to, you know, after Garrett Wilson pops off like one, you know, great catch. Oh, yeah. They're going to be all like, oh, man, guess the Packers should have drafted Garrett Wilson. You know, as though that was something they they. Yeah, they'll they'll do that or they'll, they'll just do a side-by-side with, you know, here's 
Here's Garrett Wilson and his stats for the day. Here's Christian Watson's stats for the day. And here they are for the year. And here are our career projections where Garrett Wilson is a Hall of Famer and um, Christian Watson is uh, selling hot dogs out of a hot dog stand somewhere. Good deal. <laughs> Just trade away next year's first-round pick to move up for Garrett Wilson or something. Right. You know that kind of thing is going to be annoying, but – I don't know. I just I'm thinking the Packers bounce back after a loss, like basically always under That's the true. floor. That's true. And they usually wallop the next team they play. It's a good point. I got to look into that. I'm really hoping this happens this time because I really don't want to see Zach Wilson right. look good against the Packers defense. Right. Like, I would like him to look horrible. Like if he can get sacked four times. Oh, you know what I want? If he could get sacked more times than he has completions. <laughs> mm, I thought you were going to say fun. touchdowns. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're setting the bar pretty high. I, I have a feeling this is going to be a rough experience for you, um, especially if you listen to the podcast I did tomorrow or just read the article Bill Huber wrote or whatever or the one that Ben Solak wrote. That's what we're talking about tomorrow. Um I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going to look into that because I, I always have to relearn all the stats because I keep forgetting them. So thank you for reminding me about the bounce back thing. Uh, I am a little concerned about, you know, the London jet lag and the Packers. You know, there's a lot of things that the Packers never lose after a loss. They also never lose when they're eight-point favorites, and they did this week, right? So there's a lot of things that they're breaking a lot of trends this year. So I'm, I'm not going to get too into that whole thing, but um, yeah, I, I wish you the best. I haven't, I haven't looked a ton into it. Let's, let's look at it real quick. Cause I know the jets are clearly doing much better. And I also know Zach Wilson is doing better than he did last year. And I'm, I'm no offense. I'm secretly rooting for him it has nothing to do with you. It's not personal. I just was really upset last year when uh, I couldn't call Justin Fields, the worst quarterback in football, because that, why do I keep clicking the wrong thing? You moron. Because uh, Zach Wilson was that guy. And I think there's a new that guy. I'm annoyed by it. I forget who it is. But anyways, oh, no. Oh, JJ. <laughs> Zach Wilson is the eighth highest graded quarterback in football right now, above Aaron Rodgers. Um, wow. He's only played two games, so it's a small sample size. So, you know, um, no need to panic, although... Week four, 70 overall grade. This past week, 82 overall grade. So he hasn't had a bad, although he had two interceptions. How did he get a 70 overall grade? Well, his, his passing grade was terrible. So I guess he was compensated by his run grade. I don't know. I don't know. He has one touchdown, two interceptions. He has two big-time throws, four turnover-worthy plays. It sounds like he still sucks. I don't know why. what he's doing to get these good grades. It's not his run grade. Is it all like deep passes or something? I don't know. 56 completion percentage. 56%, one touchdown, two interceptions, 8.1 yards per attempt, two big-time throws, four turnover-worthy plays. Um, Not a whole lot going on here. 3.09 time to throw. Good Lord. This guy holds onto the ball forever and throws a bunch of what should be picks. I don't know. I don't know what the grades are talking about. Looks like this guy still sucks, but we'll see. We'll see. He's thrown one touchdown this year. So if he has more than one touchdown against the Packers, that's cause for being annoyed, I suppose. Anyways, why don't we take a break right here? Um, Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you want to support this podcast. Big shout out to Jason. Thank you so much for your support. October supporters, the full list, Jason. So (laughs) if you'd like to be included on this very exclusive list of patron donors for October, if you want to join Jason, you can uh, go ahead and do that. Patreon.com forward slash Packers Daddy. Also, uh, FertileGroundRanch.org. Um, it's a fantastic organization, charity, ministry to support. Uh, it's a ministry that my father has started. Been working on it for 15-odd, 20-odd years, something to that effect. And um, finally, finally, finally becoming a reality. Um finding land and working with churches and everything else, just everything getting where it needs to be. But also, if you want to get something in return, um, Clayton Bailey, part of the Packernet Podcast Network, is uh, running a giveaway. They're going to be giving away a signed Quay Walker jersey. If you head over to his Twitter, 
you can find more information. But uh, for every $5 you donate to Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry, you're going to be entered one additional time. So if you do a $10 donation, you get two more entries into the competition. Thank you all for your support. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, Ryan. I just have a thought. All right. I think when we drafted A.J. Dillon that long ago, you said something, you shared a fact about how A.J. Dillon faced, like, the highest percentage of sack boxes coming out of college or something like that, and it just hit me in the face. Why do we not play into that one? Why? I understand, like, it's a different level of difficulty in this and that, but if that's what his strengths are or were, why are we not forcing that on the field. Why is Rodgers changing the call of the line? And I guess that most of the time it's a positive thing that he does that. But I just feel like I want to scream in his face and say, let Dylan or Jones, whoever he wants, run. It's just right now. Anyway, thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye. Yeah, I, I think I maybe misunderstood part of that. It was a little bit hard to hear you. But, no, the, the general sentiment is – is there, and I think we're all kind of in agreement. And very frustratingly, the Packers always agree. Aaron Rodgers agrees, and Matt Lafleur agree, and, and they act as though they're just they're just passive observers, just like we are. Like, oh yeah, I know. Tell me about it. We, I, I wish we were running more. It's crazy, right? We we definitely need to do that. We should probably do that sometime. Like, listen, dummy, stop telling me you need to do it and do it. Well, you know the game kind of dictates. No, 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 no. No, do it. Run the ball. It's up to you. You call the plays. Rodgers, you are the one that decides what play actually goes on the field. Stop acting like you're casual observers. I know, right? It's crazy that uh, we're just we're, we're passing all the time. What's going on? It's like I just, I just keep changing it to a pass play and stuff. It's like, dang, man. Why am I doing that and stuff? So, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Maybe maybe one of these days it'll get worked out. Like, no, no, no. You It's... You, you're doing it. Are you going to stop doing it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's crazy. We'll see what happens. I mean, sometimes it's a run, and then I'm just like, looks like we should pass here, boys. And then and then we pass, and it's like, dang, why didn't you run? I don't know. Life's freaking crazy, man. Comes and goes like the wind, you know what I'm saying? Who are we to decide? Do we really even make decisions in life, bro? Everything's already predetermined. Why fight it? I just got to go with it. I'm not making decisions. The universe is crazy, bro. (laughs) Am I alone in that? Every time I hear them basically say, yeah, we need to run more, I want to freak out. Stop telling me what I want to hear. I don't care. Just do it. Every week, every week, it's the same thing over and over and over. Hey, you guys were running real well, and then you didn't run the ball. What's up with that? I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I'm just going to throttle you. Oh, Anyways, in the uh, in the midst of all the goodness, we do have officially a new caller. New caller, how are you? Ryan, Daniel from California. Hey. First time caller. I got three things. All right, First let's do thing, this. Yep. I have to be around 49er fans. Ooh. They have the defense I want. Yep. Help me. Somebody help me. I'm surrounded by 49er fans. And they have a defense I want. Two, I don't know what's up with our secondary. Like, I just see that we're not having the juice to 
play our assignments and drive on the ball when it's time for us to do it. Everybody's hesitant. The best player in our secondary, Rudy Ford. He played maybe 30 snaps when Amos went out a couple weeks ago. He's the only one I see flying around. Jair has been a little bit, but what's up with Savage? I'm okay with benching Savage for special team star Rudy Ford. Number three, we have a above-average offensive line. You know, it seems like they're not performing, but Elton Jenkins for the season, 13th. That's in the top half of tackles. Top half is anything better than 32. Um, Josh Neisman, 26, in the top half. Our guards, Royce Newman, above 32. He's around 13 or four, or no, 17. And then, uh, Royce Newman, Royce Newman, oh, that was John Runyon. Royce Newman, he's around 27th. All our guys are in the top half. They're above average players because average would be 33, 32. And we got David Bakhtiari. He's underperforming, but you know, he's got to get into, into a groove. And Josh Myers, he's, 13th or something like that for the season at least all of our guys are doing it it's just rogers not standing there throwing the ball throw the ball sorry go pack go you almost made it no i i i understand i was looking at the 49ers defense as you were talking and um sharing in your frustration because as we're all if we didn't know it 100 percent, we sure do now the importance of coaching and scheme, even above and beyond players. The San Francisco 49ers are playing great football right now. We all know that they have Bosa on their team. Bosa was the number two overall pick, and there was a time when their entire defensive line was like top five overall picks. That ain't what's going on right now. Bosa is the fifth highest graded player uh, off the edge in the NFL right now. But that's not all. They got a bunch of guys that are graded out really, really well. Um, Hassan Ridgeway, who is a fourth-round pick back in, I think, 2016, is having one of his best years ever, uh, former Eagle. Uh, Ibukam, Samson Ibukam, fourth-round pick in 2017, having his best year ever. Um, how about Charvarius Ward? He's been a decent corner for the Chiefs for a long time. He's graded out 68, 65, 64, 71. He's been fine. This year, he's the second highest graded corner in all of football with an 88.2 overall grade. Uh, Then they have a fifth-round pick, Samuel Womack. He hasn't played a ton, but he currently has a 76 overall grade at corner. You've got uh, Dre Greenlaw, who is a fifth-round pick. His grades over the three years, 67, 59, 69. This year, he's the fifth highest graded linebacker in football with an 80.1 overall grade. Of course, we all know Fred Warner. He's always been very good. He continues to be very good. How about Hufunga? This guy came out of absolutely nowhere. I saw him making plays against the Bears. Every time I turn on a San Francisco 49ers game, he's making plays. He is a second-year fifth-round pick. He jumped from a 63 overall grade to an 80 overall grade. You have uh, Tashawn Gibson, um, who is a former Bear. He had one decent year back in 2014. It was a 79.2, otherwise 60s, 50s, whatever. He is currently the second highest graded safety in all of football with an 86 overall grade. Now, I don't know if these grades are going to stay this way, but they've got nothing but fourth, fifth round picks and undrafted free agents like Charvarius Ward, I believe, is an undrafted free agent. Hafunga is a fifth round pick. Gibson was an undrafted free agent. Dre Greenlaw, fifth-round pick. Even Fred Warner was a third-round pick. Womack, fifth-round pick. Ibukam was a fourth-round pick. Ridgeway was a fourth-round pick. The lowest-graded player that I'm looking at on their starting defense is Kevin Givens with a 57.5 overall grade, just barely below 60. That's the lowest grade on the entire team. Let's look at the Green Bay Packers. Um, Rashawn Gary has an 86.8 overall grade. The next highest drops to Kenny Clark at 78.3. Pretty standard for him. The next highest is Jair Alexander, first-round pick. These are all first-round picks, by the way. 70.8 overall grade. Then you drop to 68 overall grade, Devondre Campbell, fourth-round pick, but pretty highly paid guy. Then you have Jaron Reed, 66.2 overall grade. The next highest is first-round pick Eric Stokes with a 55.9 overall grade. 
then Dean Lowry with a 53.2, then Adrian Amos. His lowest grade ever, by the way, was a rookie 69.6, currently 52.5 overall. Then, first-round pick this year, Quay Walker has a 42.7 overall grade. Darnell Savage is down to a 37.7 overall grade. Savage is having the worst year of his career. Amos is having the worst year of his career. Quay is having a terrible year. Uh, Let's see. Stokes is just in his second year. He's by far having his worst year. Dean Lowry is having the worst year of his career. He's been playing since 2016. Jair, currently the lowest grade of his career. Preston is not the lowest, but it's a drop from 81.5 down to a 68.1. Devondre Campbell dropped from an 85 to a 68. The only guys that seem to be staying kind of steady are Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark. Um, Kenny Clark is actually having a better year, best year since 2019. Uh, Rashawn Gary is almost exactly the same, 89 down to an 86. This isn't bad players. This is first-round pick Jair Alexander, first-round pick Kenny Clark, first-round pick Rashawn Gary, first-round pick Eric Stokes, first-round pick uh, Quay Walker, first-round pick Darnell Savage, free agent Adrian Amos, free agent Preston Smith, free agent uh, Jaron Reed, free agent Devondre Campbell. Guys, we paid good money to come here and play good football. And they suck. And I'm sorry, I don't think it's their fault. I know they're making mistakes. I've seen a couple missed missed tackles. But maybe we should ask questions like, why are they suddenly, when they didn't have this issue, struggling to know their assignments? Why are they struggling to, to have any motivation? Why are they struggling to make tackles? Where's that energy? Where's that effort? Where's that aggression? Where's the creativity? Where is anything? We've heard as Packer fans for years about wasting Aaron Rodgers' potential, and I think it's mostly been kind of silly. He's been stacked up with great offensive lines almost his entire career, great wide receivers almost his entire career. He currently has one of the most dynamic running back duos uh, since, I don't know what, the Lombardi days. It's not perfect, but he's had a pretty good run with some elite players. But this is the worst thing I've ever seen. You know, if you look at the Arizona Cardinals, they have a bad defense. It's worse than our defense, but at least they have an excuse. Marco Wilson, fourth-round pick. Um, Marcus Golden was a second-round pick in 2015. He's almost 32 years old. Lecky Fotu, fourth-round pick. Zach Allen, third-round pick. The other defensive tackle is a seventh-round pick. They only have two young first-round picks on this entire team, and it's their two linebackers. And yeah, they're pretty bad, but that's it. I mean, yeah, they, they have Watt on their defense, who is almost 34 years old. There's no investment here. It's one thing to not put any effort in and to try to get the best out of what you can with a 34-year-old pass rusher and a bunch of, you know, a couple second-round picks, third-round picks, seventh-round picks. Falcons looks like they have two. A.J. Terrell, who's actually a pretty good corner, and Rashawn Evans, who's never really been good. They picked him up. Basically, it wasn't even their first-round pick that they invested in. They picked him up later on as a known scrub, but somebody that can just kind of fill in. I mean, the Buffalo Bills have the number one defense in football right now. The only young first-round pick that I think they have on their entire team is Gregory Rousseau. They added Von Miller, who, I mean, we could we could go ahead and add him to the conversation. The guy is, he's still at a 90 overall grade. He's, he's completely unstoppable. Oh, and Ed Oliver, who's not very good. But, I mean, they've got third-round rookie linebacker, undrafted free agent linebacker, along with Matt Milano, who's a fifth-round pick. Seventh-round pick, Dane Jackson, and first-round pick, Kyer Alam. That's the other first-round pick. I mean, there's a couple guys, I guess, Elam and Rousseau, but we're talking rookies. There's two rookie first-round picks, Von Miller, no investment in the linebackers whatsoever. Uh, Jordan Poyer is a 31-year-old seventh-round pick. The other safety is a second-year sixth-round pick. Number one defense in football. What are we doing? What is the point of this? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Hey, Ryan. It's Brian from Connecticut. Hey. Listen to today's uh, podcast and had uh, a couple thoughts. One question for you is, <clears throat> do you think it's more the bad play calling slash positioning? Or one thought that was going through my mind as I was listening to you is, are the Packers and Joe Barry predictable. 
do the defenses know what they're going to run? It's, or do the offenses know what the defense is going to run? It seems as though, as you stated, Quay is always where they're running the ball. Are they changing the plays at the line to make sure they're running at him? Or is it predictable where they're going to line up? Second question for you. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'd have no way of, of really knowing that. I do know that everybody seems to, you know, when when people break down the Packers' defense, they seem to think it's an extremely predictable defense. You know, I mean, there's there's no creativity to it. There's no, like, like they said, there's no blitzing. One of the things that was mentioned is, um, you know, they'll they'll put the two linebackers at the line of scrimmage, but nobody cares because they know you're you're going to drop them. Now that's not always the case. I've seen them blitz the linebackers, but it's it's very easy to defend against a team when you know exactly what they're going to do. It's easy for an offensive line. I mean, it's not easy to block Rashad. This defense is exactly like the Mike McCarthy offense of of the old days, where it was. There's nothing interesting or innovative or creative. It's just a matter of we're better than you and we're going to beat you. And then the talent starts to drop off, and that doesn't work anymore. Well, we still have Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark, and they're still beating people. But at the end of the day, the offensive line is going to line up, and they know exactly what you're doing on defense. And we just have to try to man up and beat you. But yeah, I mean, you you listen to um, blanking on everybody's name, but the people that are breaking stuff down, it's. 75% of the time on third down, they do this. And, you know, all this talk about we're getting just killed on these crossing routes. So what do they do? They just keep doing it. it it's, you know, unlike the Packers, they're willing to just keep doing things until you prove that you can stop it. So one way or another, our, our defensive players, and I don't mean to take them completely off the hook because they're the ones not executing properly. I'm sure there are times when they should have done things slightly better here or there or whatever, but... They're not being put in a position to succeed, whether that's because of predictability or just bad play calling, which is in a sense the same thing. If you're calling a predictable play, that's a bad play call. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it, all I can think of a lot of times when I was when I was doing this, we always think it just comes 100% down to execution. Anytime they run a play and they succeed, it's like, oh, you bunch of idiots. But a lot of times the result of the play is determined by the time the two calls come in. The offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, the offensive play caller and the defensive play caller, when they call the plays in, it's kind of a done deal, but it still comes down to execution, right? So you can say there's an 80% chance of success on this play based on what the defense calls. Now, if the offense either makes a mistake and or the defense goes above and beyond and makes a great play, you can still win. But as soon as those calls come in, it is to some degree weighed heavier one way or the other based on what the offense and defense are calling and you can see that when you go back and watch again you're always mad at the defensive players when stuff goes wrong like come on guys I mean usually I mean if they if they throw a quick pass on on third and three and we're standing 10 yards off yeah you're pretty teed off at at Joe Barry but that's that's to some degree every play and sometimes it's it's you know 70 percent in our favor that it's going to succeed or or the offensive play is going to fail and then you miss a tackle and it does succeed but when there's this much consistent failure, especially when we know that our players have a lot of talent, you can't help but look anywhere else except for Joe Barry. And again, even if it's not Joe Barry, it's the players, there's still an element of Joe Barry in there because for some reason, his guys are not ready to play. So no matter what, it comes back to the coach. The only way it wouldn't come back to the coach is if there's just no talent whatsoever. And so they're as prepared as they can be, but they're not fast enough. They're not strong enough. They're not talented enough. That ain't the case. You've got all the talent in the world that you need. It is your job to get them prepared, to get them motivated, and to put them in the right position to succeed, and they're not succeeding. There is nowhere else to look. And Matt LaFleur bears some blame, too, because he's the head coach. He's above the offense as much as he's above the defense, as much as he's above the the special teams. And if there's a problem, it's on him to figure out what that is and fix it. And and he may be in a tough spot if the only fix is Joe Barry's got to go because I don't think that's really a viable option at this point. You spend the entire offseason putting together how the defense works and then you send that all to the players and you say, guys, this is this is how our defense works and you do installs and you teach. You can't do that now. And, and unless it's simply a play-calling situation and you fire him and you promote somebody from within to run the same system just with different calls, I don't know. But, you know, all, all I can say is it's still early. Um, there's time, 
but this is this is a this is staggering. You know, as much as we want to say, well, Savage is garbage. Well, yeah, he's he hasn't been the greatest safety for us, but this is by far the worst he's ever been. This is just like it's by far the worst Amos has ever been. You know, and again, I don't want to go through the whole list again, but pretty much everybody is down. In about half our defense, this is the worst of their entire careers. So on the positive side, you could say there's nowhere to go but up. But but here's the thing that baffles my mind. We weren't this bad last year. Can we just scrap any and all changes we made? That's what I, that's what I need to do for tomorrow. I need to look at what the heck is different. What are we doing that is so drastically different? It, it just it makes me wonder if, you know, when Matt LaFleur came into Green Bay, the first year was sort of like a hybrid of what you used to do and what I like to do. And we slowly unravel this Matt LaFleur offense. And now we're starting to see more of it with emotions. As people start to understand it more, we start to do more. And so now Joe Barry's like, I'm unraveling my whole thing here. And it just sucks. Like, can we go back to the other thing where you were like trying to, I don't know, dumb it down or whatever you were doing? Because that was working a little better. I mean, honestly, if we just had last year's defense, I know it wasn't the greatest defense in the world, but Kenny's playing better and, and Gary's playing better. If we can just get, uh, you know, the, the other guys back to where they were and maybe get Quay doing a little bit better, if we can get old Amos and old Savage back, I'll take all the, I'll take last year's defense all over again, no problem. Let's just do that and hope that Quay can be like a, a really great addition to this whole thing. Who knows, maybe Wyatt comes in at some point. Maybe he gets more than like eight snaps in a game and, and you know can get a sack or something cool. I don't know, man. I'm just saying things at this point. I don't know what to do. Hey, Ryan. This is Travis from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Hey, man. Um, so I'm in the middle of watching the Doo Doo Bowl tonight. Yeah. The uh, old Bears versus, versus the uh, whatchamacallums. Yeah. Yep, them. It's a good thing. And, uh, I just had a quick thought after watching them uh, get stuffed on the goal line, that them being the Chicago Bears. Uh, yeah, Rodgers might piss some of us off, but thank God we don't have Justin Fields. Right. Or Carson I mean, Wentz, for that it matter. It looks like they pulled Jeez. the same little fake handoffs and all that to uh, fool the defense on the goal line, and they had the tight end slip out in the flat for a wide-open touchdown. And what does Fields do? Floats it right over a tight end's head. You know what's funny that I just saw on Twitter right now is Bears fans saying that wasn't Justin Fields' fault the tight end ran a bad route. It wasn't a route. He ran on a straight line, and he ran at full speed. And Justin Fields threw it as he was running in a straight line. What was he supposed to do, hook it straight up? He threw it too far. He didn't. The tight end didn't slow down. He was open. He was running to an empty part of the end zone, and Justin Fields sailed it over his head. What in the world is the tight end supposed to do different? run faster if he was just faster justin fields wouldn't have overthrown him so it's not an overthrow the guy's just slow what are you guys talking about dude the guy had one good throw all game justin fields is mitch trubisky but he's faster he's a faster mitch trubisky you know what mitch trubisky used to do every single time because i would get nervous that maybe one day he'd be a good quarterback is he would suck he would suck he would suck he would suck and then he'd throw this beautiful pinpoint 50 yard pass Oh, right over the guy's shoulder. I'm like, oh, crap. He is going to be a good quarterback one day. And then you watch the rest of the game and think, this guy sucks. He's so bad. That's Fields. He had the one great throw. I mean, the guy was wide open, but still, I mean, it was right on target. Couldn't have been a better throw. Even if he was covered, it probably would have been completed. But everything else was not good. Nothing else was good. Even the completions, most of them were too high, too low, too whatever. Um... Passes hitting the ground, overthrowing wide open guys in the end zone. It was bad. Well, the offensive line was bad. Fine. But Fields sucked. If it was somebody else's fault, that's fine. But that's just the reason he sucked. But he still sucked. The guy had one good throw. Last week, what did Rodgers do? Dropped it right in the basket for Mercedes. Yep. After that, Fields tries to scramble for a touchdown. What does he do? He gets rocked on the goal line. I mean, that guy, I got to like tone down my, uh, my talk on Justin Fields. Cause I have got a whole lot of stuff. I'm going to regret if that dude ends up like seriously injured someday. And it looks like he's going to be seriously injured someday. That guy, I mean, it was to the point where I was starting to feel sorry for him. Like, dude, just, just 
you got to go. There was also part of me that was thinking, if he goes out, the other guy's going to come in, and I don't even know who it is, but he's probably going to be better than Fields, and then they're going to win the game, and that's going to suck. But I was concerned about Fields a little bit because he was getting he was getting just bludgeoned out there. And, uh, I mean, good for him. He's tough to to shake it off and then get hit again and then shake it off and get hit again and shake it off and get hit again. It was every single play he was just getting rocked. And he's out there limping and staggering and stumbling. So I give him credit for that, but his career is going to be about three years long, which is about as long. Well, it's about long enough for the Bears to get rid of him. He gets picked up by a team for a year, and then everybody in the NFL is like, no, I think I think that's enough. No, thank you, though, for your, for your time in the NFL. And he goes on to have a lot of medical bills in his life. Rock. And I know you don't ever want your quarterback running out and taking hits, but when hits look like that, you really don't want it. <laughs> and then they get stopped on fourth down on the goal line and uh, don't get a touchdown turn the ball over. So, uh, yeah. I know today was kind of negative day overall for uh, Packers podcasting on the Packernet Podcast Network, but hey, <laughs> at least we're not Chicago. All right, go Pack, go. The the other great thing about that game is we also play Washington. So Washington is the, the thing that really scared me is Washington reminded me a lot of Green Bay. Washington is what Green Bay is without talent. If you took all the take away all the first round picks, take away Rodgers, take away all the stuff that we have that's good, that's Washington. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers and all the guys that we have that are really talented are just overcoming the level of suck that Washington has. It was the same stuff with I mean Carson Wentz, Wentz is literally Aaron Rodgers just without you know ability. He's throwing to to as soon as the ball snapped, he's like I'm going to this guy. He's he's not open, dude. He's completely blanketed. It's like hitting him in the back, and he's like, what are you doing? Why did you throw it to me? He's like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, they could run the ball pretty well, which sucks. Why is everybody good at running this year? It's like nobody can do a freaking thing, but you know what? We're all really good at running the ball. How about you, Packers? Like, well, yeah, we're good, but we don't do it. Also, we suck at stopping the run, so everyone's going to make us look like crap. Stop being good at running the football. Stupid people. See what Nico's up to. Hey, uh, what's up? What's Pizza, up? man, I didn't get the Twitter thing. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't have Twitter, so I didn't see the request for pizza stuff. Sorry, you can still... And that's kind of my jam. Let's do this. Uh, when I was younger, I actually worked at two pizzas, one in Watertown, one in Economist. There you go. Um, Love pizza, bro. So you know what, Brian, so you good. nailed it. Good Italian sausage is the best. Yeah. Uh, And pepperoni, is, to me, it's a tie. Those are the two best. Um, and you know, Clayton, God, hey, never, Ryan, just so you know, never question a southerner about food because they could, they could do, they could cook food, man. That's true. But, uh, they also love their grease. I, I forgot how much they just love grease. You know, everything you cook in grease, you deep fry in grease. Grease is kind of like what butter is to Wisconsin. Everything is butter up here. You put butter on. All the stuff you cook in butter, you do everything with butter down there. It's just grease. It's just it's it's meat fat. So uh, they 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 know they know their grease. Yeah, the pepperoni oil. If you put the pepperoni on a pizza, pepperoni on a pizza correctly, so like the each little pepperoni like kind of cups up like a little tiny flower, and you got like the singe on the top of the pepperoni, yeah. and then you still got the little softness in the center, a little oil. Man, that stuff yep. just goes down Kinda so pools. good. Yeah. But yeah, the pepperoni oil is, is a good deal. Uh, I can eat anything on a pizza except black olives because it's disgusting and anchovies. You know what? Uh, all the years I worked at pizza when I was a kid, didn't make a lot of anchovy pizzas. And this one dude I worked with, he would put the, the entire little tin of anchovies on the pizza and then dump all the oil that's in there. I remember he did it one time and it was a dine-in order and I watched the people eat it. And they were loving it. I'm like, dude, that's so disgusting. I wanted to push them off cliff. But, um, Did yeah, you? So pizza, that's, that's awesome. You um, should have. Uh, and hey, it's good to have Tom back. You know, I yeah, know man. We went for a while, maybe to a place where they didn't let you have sharp objects, but that's cool that you're back. <laughs> um, I like your interesting random questions that sometimes mean nothing. Um, and I just saw Justin Fields miss a wide open tight end in the end zone. That was, that was like <laughs> poetry. That was like Shakespeare. So, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, pizza, kind of sausage, pepperoni, yep. um, and that's good stuff. So uh, hey, that's all I got. I don't want to talk about football stuff. We've kind of talked about that ad nauseum. I think uh, 
season's still early. Junk is going to happen. I've been a football fan for long enough to know that you just got to let the team grow throughout the season. Clearly, we've got a bunch of young dudes, and they're going to do that. Or we're going to suck, and Rogers is going to quit, and then we'll start a new next year. So I'm even down for that. You know, I'm down for whatever, bro, because I love the foosball. And, uh, <laughs> you don't have to do three minutes. It's not a requirement. Um, but no, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go eat some pizza now. Okay? Yes. Peace out, man. Peace out. <laughs> you guys make me want pizza now. Oh, never mind. I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna have pizza. I could, could do whatever I want because I'm a grown up. But I'm not gonna do it. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I, I, I just want the Packers to do well. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of down for whatever. I'm I'm excited about. I feel like I'm excited about. I hate to even say it, but like a rebuild is exciting. But it also sucks because I know I don't handle losses very well, and I, I shouldn't even say rebuild because that means different things. I don't mean like a complete teardown. Um, I like Matt Lafleur. I think he's doing a fantastic job. Brian Gutekunst, I think, is doing a great job. Um, not perfect, but very good job. Um. Joe Barry, I'm not positive about. Aaron Rodgers may not be around much longer and, and all those kinds of things, but um, I'm excited. I am excited about it. In fact, I, I even, and, and people get mad about it because it's like, how dare you? I just I just like nerding out about stuff, okay? Rebuilds are exciting to me because it's it's a whole, it's like a video game for me. You know, it's just, it's fun thinking about how these things work. Um, also, there's nothing more exciting than a quarterback in the draft, and we've never really engaged in that i mean jordan love yeah i guess but we didn't want that so we weren't interested in that and most of us when we did happen to look at jordan love for whatever reason didn't like what we saw myself included my my conclusion was he reminds me of mitch trubisky so there's that but yeah i was was poking around a little bit i was looking at some of the quarterbacks and uh seeing what's going on kind of excited to see graham mertz is doing such a good job i didn't even realize he was uh kind of tearing it up. I also saw something extremely interesting. Um kind of a random tidbit in my life, but growing up, I had stepbrothers who had a different last name. My last name is Schlipp. Their last name was Schlee. So we were Schlipp and Schlee. But Schlee is almost spelled exactly like Schlipp, but it's S C H L E E. And I was very surprised as I'm looking through here at some of the best quarterbacks in all of college football. There's a guy out of Kent State named Colin Schlee, S-C-H-L-E-E. So I thought that was kind of funny. But some of, without hardly looking at any quarterbacks or anything, so just, just poking around at some of the stats, some of my favorite quarterbacks, or the, the, the most impressive quarterbacks. Um, JJ told me how to say the guy's name, and I forget the quarterback out of Clemson. DJ Uangalele or something. Graham Mertz, believe it or not. I don't believe it, but I'm staring at the stats right now couple of smaller school guys, but those are some of the some of the better ones. And, and the primary thing that I uh, like to look at, big-time throws and turnover-worthy plays. Uangalele is third in all of college football with big-time throws in terms of a percentage. 9.4% of his passes are big-time throws. And that's, that doesn't mean deep passes. Those are, I don't know, just like really awesome passes, I guess is one way to put it, like you know, tight window throws type stuff or whatever. But turnover-worthy plays, one3 percent which is 10th lowest in the entire in all of college football third highest big time throws 10th lowest turnover worthy plays Graham Mertz is ninth lowest turnover worthy plays he is sixth highest um in big time throws and Mertz out of Wisconsin's his best two games are his last two games so kind of a highly touted prospect never really lived up to his hype going to Wisconsin, which made sense to me because I'm like, it's Wisconsin. Obviously, the quarterback's not going to be great. I mean, we did have Russ back in the day, but just makes sense that Graham Mertz wouldn't really live up to the hype. And suddenly, dude's living up to the hype. Anyways, didn't mean to go off on that tangent. I'm just saying, for the first time like ever, I actually started looking into it and thinking, what would I want in a quarterback if we had a quarterback? I don't know. I've never really thought about it before because we have Aaron Rodgers. Should we go the mobile quarterback route? Because that seems to be where everybody's at. You know, I mean, you want a guy that's a passer, but also he could take off because it's kind of cool. I don't think it's cool. I think it's kind of stupid. I mean, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's you know, love to have a guy like Fields where when you can't see wide open guys because you suck, you're like, screw it. I'm just going to run and you get 30 yards. That's awesome. Aside from the part where it sucks. And maybe you get that sweet spot where he's a really good runner and a really good passer, but that's that's 
pretty rare. And then you also add in the factors of guys getting injured and stuff like fields is going to end up gravely injured if he doesn't get help. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave it at that. We have a couple extra calls, but, um, we'll, we'll save those for tomorrow. Have yourselves a great night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. 